Welcome to the Lightly Salted Podcast. These are the readings and sermons of St. John's Lutheran Church of Park Rapids, Minnesota. They are offered so that the Word of God would shape and strengthen you to be what He calls you to be, salt and light. You can find us at stjohnspr.org. Now, on to the Word. The Old Testament reading for this evening is from the second chapter of the prophecy of Joel, verses 12 and 13. Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love, and he relents over disaster. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle is recorded in the second chapter of St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians, the first ten verses. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I invite the congregation to stand for the reading of the gospel. And our gospel tonight is that account of the prodigal sons from chapter 15 of St. Luke, beginning at verse 11. And Jesus said, There was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country, and there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, 
I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring the fattened calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing, and he called one of the servants and asked what those things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fattened calf, because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him, but he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you, and I never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad. For this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, dear Christian friends, our our text is the gospel that was read before, but especially the last sentence. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad. For this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. This is the word of the Lord. Well, this parable of the prodigal son is very well known. Even outside the church, people are very familiar with the story. But not so well known is why Jesus taught this parable and to whom he was teaching it. It was to the scribes and the Pharisees with very clear disrespect in their voices. When they talked about Jesus, they said, this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. Now, much like now, sharing a meal was a very personal thing and and a, a sign of close friendship and fellowship. And so, Jesus made friends with those tax collectors and sinners. They were people who knew that they were outcast, knew that they were unwelcome. They knew that they were lost from proper society. But the scribes and the Pharisees, they were on the other end of the social scale. They were at the top. But they didn't realize 
that they were lost too. They forgot how at one point their ancestors were nobodies. In fact, God said that he called them out of nothing and made them a great nation. Those who were nobody, God made into somebody with his amazing grace. God made a difference for those ancestors of the scribes and the Pharisees. God chose them, God led them, God protected them, and God made them from nobodies into somebodies. So Jesus wasn't just being different by helping and hanging around and eating with the sinners and the tax collectors. He was making a difference for them. He was showing God's amazing grace to them who had really been disgraced and really lost. But we shouldn't really be too hard on the scribes and the Pharisees because there's still a fairly clear distinction between the the nobodies and the somebodies. And avoiding certain people even happens within the church. Lent is a good time to confess that as a problem. It's part of our bad nature that causes us to limit God's grace, to put barriers between groups of people. And so we end up being either a little bit more like the scribes and the Pharisees or or a little bit more like the tax collectors and the sinners, but either way, we are lost. Jesus, however, offers amazing grace to both sides and to everyone in between. Jesus tells this parable about amazing grace for all who are lost, even those who don't know it. And the bottom line is always the same. Rejoice with me, for that which was lost is found. That's why Jesus told this well-known parable about two children who were deeply loved by their father. The first of these children we know as the younger son, the prodigal son. Father, that one word that this younger son uses already tells us where he stands in the family. He's not a hired man. He's not a servant. He's a child of the father. And as such, he trusts that his father is going to listen to him no matter what. And that's exactly what happens. Whenever this younger son speaks to his father, whether he's asking for money or asking for forgiveness, he starts out, Father. He knows his father is a loving and listening parent. He will always begin with that word, Father. Not just as a greeting or identification, but with the expectation that he will be heard. That's the way it is when we pray, Our Father, who art in heaven. It's because of the grace of God's child, Jesus Christ, that we are invited to pray in that way. Jesus has brought us into a childlike relationship with God. As Luther said, when we call God 
Abba, Father, in prayer, we trust that with these words, God wants to entice us so that we come to believe He is truly our Father and we are truly His children in order that we may ask Him boldly and with complete confidence, just as loving children ask their loving Father. Our faith dares to trust that our Father will always hear us with perfect parent love. Well, that perfect parent love will be important for this younger child as the parable progresses. The Father's love is the first amazing grace that comes to this child and will always be with him, even as the Father's love is with and for us. Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. Knowing that his father will listen, the first thing the kid does is ask for money. He asks for his inheritance, something that is going to belong to him in the future anyway. Why not have it now? And that's not so different, really, from the way that we pray to our Father in heaven. We ask God for things now, right now, in the present. Give us this day our daily bread. And God, of course, does give it to us. And as we learn in the Catechism, not just to us, but even to evil people, even without asking for it. But Luther then went on to explain, we ask in this prayer that God would cause us to recognize what our daily bread is and to receive it with thanksgiving. Do you suppose that this younger son who asked his father for his inheritance asked with thanksgiving? Do we? You see, the inheritance in biblical times, much like it still is today, is a gift, undeserved, earned by somebody else. Grace, that's what grace is, is undeserved. And it usually comes to someone after the father has died. Sometimes child received it in advance, but it was pretty bold and selfish to ask for it. It's kind of like, well, Dad, I really don't have time to wait for you to die, so can I have it now? It's like wishing he was dead. In most instances, when you look at an inheritance, Siblings also have been known to argue about whether they got their fair share of the inheritance. And they often forget that whatever they receive is already not a fair share at all because they never earned it. There's little or no thanksgiving in demanding one's fair share. And so we see the same pattern among the two brothers in Jesus' parable. Both want what the father has. They want it distributed fairly. And when the younger child asks for his fair share, I wonder if he was kind of surprised when his father gave it to him. Since it says that the father divided his property between them, well, that means that the older son 
also got his share of the inheritance without even asking for it. They both receive amazing grace from their father right now. What will those two sons do with the grace that they have been given? Will they thank the Father for this amazing gift of grace? Well, here's where we're familiar with the story. gets a little darker turn. Both sons get lost, but in very different ways. But still the Father keeps this watchful, waiting eye, caring for His children, looking for them. He's not going to give up on either one of them. You know, we know the story, so we just heard it. There's no real need to go into the details all over again about how the younger son wastes his money with one big party, and then he has to get a job, and it's not a good job at all. And he remembers how much better even the workers, even the slaves had it in his father's house. And that thought makes him think of the amazing grace in that distant homeland. How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare, but here I am dying of hunger. He trusts that his father was a man of grace for both his hired hands and for his disgraced son. And we too may, may cry out to God in our weakness, even in our weak faith, and even in the very depths of our personal pigsty, whatever it might be, like that younger son, we, we dare to trust that our Father will still hear us. Luther once said that even the sigh of those who put their trust in Christ, who meekly, weakly call out, Abba, Father, in the weakness of faith, will still be heard. And then the Father says, quoting Luther, I do not hear anything in the whole world except this single sigh, which is such a loud cry in my ears that it fills heaven and earth and drowns out all the cries of everything else. Our Father in heaven hears our sighing prayer and has a heart big enough to cover all of our disgrace. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. The prodigal son had written his speech in advance. He knew exactly what he was going to say, but he never got a chance to give the whole thing. Because now the attention shifts to the father. To see that son so far away meant that he had to have been spending every day looking for that son to come back. And that welcome is that gets all the attention now. The amazing grace of the father. The father is the one who runs to the son and embraces him in his arms. And when we pray the prayer that our Lord taught us to pray, we also ask for forgiveness for the sins we have done. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. We don't deserve forgiveness, 
and we can never earn forgiveness. All we have coming to us is judgment for our sins. That's our fair share. But our Lord went to great lengths to, to make sure that forgiveness is what we actually receive. And in that deep embrace of forgiveness, we are loved and healed. Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the Father would have none of that kind of talk. He's still a son. With all the joys and all the privileges that go with being a son, the best robe, the fattest calf, the celebration, celebrate for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And so the grace of God's love is, is a grace far beyond our understanding. Our Lord Jesus Christ came looking for us and welcomed us into His presence. Christ considers us His friends. He, he sits and dines with us, healing and restoring us into the fullness of God's grace. And what does the Father in heaven say to all of this? Any friend of my son's is a friend of mine. That's how Luther put it. Welcome into the joy of my kingdom. Let's celebrate. Rejoice with me, for that which was lost is found. But we also remember the other part of the story, the elder son's jealousy. He won't even call this person his brother. And instead of thinking of himself as a son, remember how he said, I've been working all these years like a slave. He thinks he's been a slave in his father's house. And, and that's what the other son even actually wanted to be. The older son had enjoyed the amazing grace of God the Father all the time, but he, he couldn't see it. The grace of the Father still goes out to this older brother as well. And obviously representing the scribes and the Pharisees. And, and the father now speaks to this elder son with a, a most compassionate word. Not just son, but something even a little more tender than that. Calling him literally child. That's a very tender, inviting word. Describing a relationship, father, child, one that can't be erased by disgraceful behavior. Child, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. And maybe even the younger brother, now restored to his place by the grace of the Father, also urged his brother to come and join in that celebration. And so also do we, as those who are ourselves forgiven by God's amazing grace, changed from disgraced to children of the Heavenly Father through our Lord Jesus Christ, we also forgive others as we have been forgiven. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Grace is so amazing for us. 
that we become witnesses of that grace when we forgive others. As Luther explains, when we trust that God would give us all things by grace, so we too truly want to forgive heartily and do good gladly to those who sin against us. Even former prodigals echo our Lord's bottom line in their own joyous reprise. Rejoice with me, for that which was lost is found. The amazing grace of God be with you all. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to Lightly Salted. We'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at stjohnspr.org or look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Our thanks to Eric Medeish at soundimage.org for Morning Jew. God's blessings.